Hey, we're going to throw up a word on the screen for you. It's the word mondegreen, okay? And some of you are here now, you're like, I have no clue what it is. Maybe it's an expensive French wine. It's not. Here's what a mondegreen is. A mondegreen is a misheard word or phrase that makes sense in your head, but is entirely incorrect, okay? So you hear something, you think you know what you hear, but the reality is whatever you think you've heard is not actually correct. Great example of this, music lyrics, okay? Uh, let me share with you a couple of, uh, let me go old school rock right here for a couple of these. Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze. What we tend to sing or what we hear is, excuse me while I kiss this guy, right? You know what I'm talking about? Here's the actual lyrics. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. That's new for a few of you. You didn't know that. You've been singing the wrong lyrics. Maybe one of the best older songs is Dobie Gray's Drift Away. Here's what we hear and here's what we sing. Give me the Beach Boys and free my soul. How many of you have been singing the Beach Boys? Did you know that's not correct? Look at what the correct answer is here. Here's what we actually should be singing. Give me the Beat Boys and free my soul when you get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. I don't know about you, but I think Beach Boys sounds a lot better than Beat Boys. So I say we continue to sing Beach Boys there. Uh, throw in a little Nirvana, uh, some Pearl Jam, uh, a couple of Taylor Swift songs, and all the mumble rap that's out there today. We are singing a lot of wrong lyrics. Because what we think we hear is not actually what we hear, because that's not actually what's written there. And so we're singing these lyrics that are not correct. But this is a reminder for us how important it is that we listen. And so that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue the series called Bless. We're going to talk about the art of listening. We're going to talk about the small thing that you and I can do that can bless the lives of others, and it's called listening. Well, before we get there, let me do a quick recap if you haven't been here over the past few weeks. Uh, we go all the way back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we have Abraham, and God comes to Abraham and says, hey, I'm going to bless you. And here's these four blessings. The first three blessings are for Abraham, but that last blessing was a blessing that was for all humanity. And so in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God says to Abraham, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so if you and I, if we exist today, we're blessed through this blessing because through this blessing comes Jesus. And so here's the deal. If we follow Jesus, then you and I, we are called now through this blessing to actually go into this world and to bless the lives of others. And so last week as we started, we said, hey, here's a good beginning point. Begin with prayer. Be in prayer. Take this, you know, we call it a hit list. What's your hit list? Who are these people that you feel like God's nudging you toward to bless? And then begin to pray about a moment to come. And, and if you continue to pray for that, God will give you these divine moments where you can interact and, and be, have this opportunity to, to bless these individuals. But if we begin in prayer, there's got to be sort of a next step here. And that next step that we can take, something that's important, is to make sure we are blessing them through listening to them. Because one of the things that you and I already know, that in any relationship that we have, any relationship that's worth anything at all, all of it begins with listening. David Osberger wrote these words in Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard. He said, being heard is as close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. So through listening, we show the love that we have for other people. 
And as we talked about in the very first week, we, we said, here's Jesus who says, hey, you want to know what the most important things you can do in your life are to love God and then to love people. This is one of the ways that we show people that we love them, that we bless them through listening to them. But what does this listening look like? Well, we're going to look at an event in Jesus' life, a conversation uh, that takes place, an interaction, back in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 35, we're going to spend all of our time here today. Here's what we read. It says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. We have Jesus. He's heading to Jerusalem. He's going there for Passover. He's passing through Jericho. This is actually going to be Jesus' last trip into Jerusalem because a few short days after this, he is going to be crucified. And so we find Jesus, and he's walking, getting ready to come into Jer- Jericho there, and he's walking, and, and like rabbis would do, he was a teacher. Rabbis, teachers would do in those days. They would walk, and then they would teach. And so Jesus already has this, this crowd around him because, I mean, this is about three years into his ministry. People know him. For lack of a better term, he's kind of a celebrity in those days. And so people are trying to hear what he has to say and see if he's going to do something pretty incredible. And so you got this crowd around him. But you also have all these Jewish pilgrims who are heading to Jerusalem too. Now they're heading to Jerusalem for the same reason Jesus is. They're heading there for for Passover. And so here you have Jesus. He's got these big crowds that are following him anyway. And now you have these Jewish pilgrims that are kind of a a part of this traveling party also. Here's kind of the crazy thing that would happen in those days, though. You would go through these towns and cities or around them. You go down these roads. And the people who were not going or were not able to go to Jerusalem for Passover, uh, they, they couldn't do their pilgrimage that year. What they would do, they would line the streets. And so it was almost like everywhere you went, there was a Passover parade that's taking place. So you've got all these people that are lying in the streets to, to kind of wish well these, these Jewish pilgrims as they headed towards Jerusalem. So again, we have Jesus and we have his normal crowds and then we have these pilgrims that are there. And then you have all these people that are lying in the streets. And so anywhere you would go, it's going to be pretty noisy. It's going to be pretty loud. And in the midst of this, we, we find this blind man. And this blind man sitting on the side of the road, probably something, in fact, I know it was something he did every single day. Uh, he would sit there, he would beg for food, he would beg for, for money. But this particular day, he hears something, he knows something's going on, so he asks, hey, what, what's all the commotion? And someone answers him, someone says, hey, Jesus is coming through. So what does this man do? Verse 38, so he begins shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Like, if you're this blind man and you're thinking, what do I have to lose, right? I mean, I don't have anything to lose here. And he seems to know something about Jesus because he calls him Jesus, son of David. So he knows something about him. And so he yells out to Jesus. He's like, hey, have mercy on me. Look at verse 39. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. I have a pet peeve. And um, one of those pet peeves, I probably have many pet peeves, but one of my pet peeves are sporting events. And, you know, you go to a sporting event, like college event, a pro event, and you get there, and, and you watch as people are celebrating, they're having a great time, they're standing, cheering for their team. And if you've ever been at one before, maybe you're the person standing, or maybe you're this person, now my pet peeve is the people that are sitting back, back behind them are like, sit down, we can't see. You know those people? Like, that's my pet peeve, because I'm thinking to myself, this isn't the opera, it's not Broadway, it's not a movie, it's not the church, I mean... 
I, I think if you go to a sporting event, you have every right to stand and cheer and be loud and to block people who are just sitting there acting like it's, it's Broadway or something. I, I kind of get the feeling this is what's happening here. Now, I know the positioning's a little bit different than that, but I picture these people are kind of telling this guy, hey, pipe down, be quiet. You know, nobody wants to hear from you right now. And, and they don't. They don't want to hear from him. They want to hear from Jesus. They, they want to hear what Jesus has to say. They, they want to watch and see if Jesus is going to do something incredible. But here's what I see right here. I see there's this crowd who hears the blind man, but none of them are really listening to him. For us to bless people, we have got to learn to listen. Well, as we talk this morning, I'm going to share with you some, uh, hopefully some things we can learn about listening as we go along. So this first part here, I want to talk just briefly about how listening is hard. Listening is hard. Research shows there are four types of noises. I'm going to add in Chad's research of number five, too. But these things make it tough to listen. Here's our list. Physical noise. Physical noise is the noise that's around us at any given time. The noises that are in this room, outside this room, wherever we may be, there's all these external noises. There's psychological noise. This is the noise that happens in our minds. There's physiological noise. Uh, These are the noises that are going on in our bodies, hunger, fatigue, pain. There's semantic noise. This is when we're confused, that we're having a conversation with people or we're reading something, and the words that we hear or the words that we, we see we have these different interpretations of them. And then the one I'm adding is technological noise. Uh, it's social media, phones, gadgets. Uh, maybe that encompasses a few of these items here. But, but there's noise all around us. And here's the deal. When there's so much noise around us, it's hard for us to actually listen. We, we may hear, but are we listening? And so often we don't listen because we get caught up in our own noise, right? The things that are happening around us, the things that are happening inside of us. And so again, like the crowd toward the blind man, we may hear people, but rarely are we listening because of the noise that's around. And we miss opportunities to bless others because let's just be honest, listening is hard. Let's go back to our story here. Verse 39, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. I love this part here because when everyone else says, be quiet, pipe down, what's this man do? He he yells, he, he shouts even louder. Now, if we go back to verse 38, it talks about him shouting. And that word there was just an ordinary shout. It was, uh, it was loud. It was to attract attention. What we read here in verse 39 is actually a very different word than that kind of shout. The kind of shout he screams out here is a primal, a primal scream. It's almost like an animal cry, which means this shout is full of emotion. And so what does Jesus do at this point? See, Jesus not only hears this man, but he's also listening for this man's voice. It should be a reminder to us that listening is active. Listening is active. Uh, Hearing others, I think, is something that we passively do, but listening is something that is is active in in what we do. Uh, Let me give you an example of this by telling you a little bit, giving you a confession, really, um, about me and my wonderful wife, Kara. 
Because I tend to be a passive hearer at home, which means I'm a fixer. And some of you, you're fixers. You know who you are. Now, I'm not talking about fixing clogged toilets because of the kids or disposals that are, that are they're clogged up. I can do those things. I'm talking about in conversations. Because there are times where Kara will come to me and she's like, hey, I'm going to share with you something that's happening. I want to talk through this a little bit. And, and while she's talking, and fixers, you know this, I've got three easy steps to make her life better that are popping into my head, right? <laughs> fixers, you do this. That's what I do. And then she'll finish, and here's what I'll say. I'm like, hey, Man, I'm sorry that's happened. Let me give you these three easy steps to make your life so much better. Here they are. And at the end of that, anything I can help you with today. I mean, I think I did a pretty good job. If you've ever done this before, and that's not the purpose of the conversation, you get the look. <laughs> and this could be in any relationship you have, by the way. Not, not just marriage. Any relationship. You get the look, and you know at that moment you kind of messed up. And so those are the moments I'm like... I'm pretty sure that you wanted me to help you out and to, to fix this. Through lots of counseling over the years, um, Kara has learned to tell me, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to share this with you, but I don't need you to fix it. She'll say those important words. She'll say, I just need you to listen. And you know what? That's my cue to just listen. In my head, there's still three easy steps that she can take to make the situation better. But you wait till later to share that kind of information, right? Uh, listening is something we do that's active. I, I love James 1, verse 19. You must be quick to listen and slow to speak. I think that's important when it comes to relationships with people we're trying to bless. Listening is hard. But we have to learn to be active listeners. We have to learn to consume uh, the, the words that they're sharing with us through our ears. And, and we have to engage with that person through, through eye contact. We've got to soak in the, the emotions and the feelings and the reactions of what this person is saying. This isn't about fixing people. This is about actively listening to where they are in their life. Now, again, we may have those three easy steps, but unless they ask for that, we'll talk about that in a second, but unless they ask for that, that's not how, how we do this. That's not how we, we listen. When we listen, people feel known, and when they feel known, they feel loved, and when they feel loved, we have those opportunities to bless them. And we look at the life of Jesus, and he actively listens to people over and over again. And right here, he hears this blind man scream. He's like, hey, I want to talk to him. Bring him to me. Verse 40, as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Have you ever noticed how often Jesus asks people questions? Think about the conversations you, you, you can kind of remember about Jesus with other people. I mean, sometimes his actual first words to someone isn't a, isn't a statement, you know, like, hey, I'm Jesus. It's a uh, Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. And even times where there's a question that's asked of him, the way Jesus answers that question is with a question himself. In Scripture, we find about 307 times where Jesus asks questions. And there's only about eight times where he actually answers questions. Because when you think about Jesus, I think this thing that we see with him is that for Jesus, questions were always greater than the answers. Like there, there were moments where he would, or many moments where he would help somebody or he'd, he'd fix something. But if you kind of boil it down, Jesus is asking questions of 
How can I help you? What, what do you need? What are you looking for? What, what's missing? He continually asked people questions. Because I think for Jesus, questions were always bigger than the answers. And so for you and I, when it comes to listening to other people, listening is about asking great questions. Some of you are familiar with coaching. Maybe you do it at work. Maybe you have a life coach. We like to use that model here with staff and our leaders. The idea behind coaching isn't to fix something that's, that's broken. The idea behind coaching is I want to ask you good questions that you kind of will dig into and try to figure out the answers for yourself. And then I, I'm just kind of here to help guide you so you can take these next steps in your life, whatever that may be. If you and I want to bless people by listening to them, it means we got to get to this place in our life where we actually ask good questions. Questions that go beyond, and this is a norm for us, hey, how you doing? That's a great question, but there's a million different places people can go with that. And so if we're going to bless other people and we're going to listen to them and we really, really want to listen to them, it means we ask them good questions. Let me kind of give us some ideas here of, of what some of these questions may entail or what they may be connected to. One, I think we ask about their history. Uh, this is where you get to know somebody. Um, this is where they get to share their, their story with you. And these are simple questions. Where are you from? What was it like growing up there? Tell me a little bit about your family. You know, what do you do? Why do you live here now? Because we know you're not from here. I mean, these are questions that we can ask to get a little bit of history behind who people are. And if we want to have an opportunity to bless someone and we, we want them to be known, man, it really is beginning by knowing who they are and asking questions about their history. Second one I would say is heart. People are passionate about certain things. And as we're building this relationship, we're, we're finding out more about who they are. We're finding out more about their passions. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's writing. I mean, people have passions. Everybody has some sort of passion. So blessing other people isn't just coming to them like, hey, I know your life is miserable. How can I help you out? It's like, hey, tell me what you're passionate about. What are the things you love in life? What do you, what do you love to spend a lot of your time thinking about or working on? Tell me about these things. And so we learn about what the passions are of other people. We ask questions about it. Third thing I would say are habits. What do people that you and I want to bless, what do they like to do? What do you do in your free time? We go to sporting events. We homebrew. We scrapbook. You know, I have these hobbies. We go on these vacations. Learn what people like to do. What are those habits in their life? And then here's the fourth one, and this one's so important. It's what are their hurts? What are their hurts? There are very few people, and I can tell you this as a pastor, there are very few people I know. In fact, I'd probably say it's like 99.9% of people who don't have some sort of hurt in their life. Like, like there's something that is going on that's causing them tension and strife and pain. And so often it's relationships. It's dating relationships. It's marriage relationships. It's parenting. It's friendships. It's uh, family members. And that's where this, this tension is. For others, it may be work-related, it could be finances, it could be a physical ailment, maybe a mental health struggle. But ask questions about those hurts. And here's what I would say here, too. If you're having a conversation with somebody, and you're, by the way, these, these, these questions, these conversations, it's not just one time you get all this, okay? When we're going to bless somebody through listening to them, it's over time. 
It, it may happen over many cups of coffee or food or in the driveway or at the ball field. I mean, it's going to happen over time. But what you'll find in these conversations, people will just start telling you what that hurt is. It, it's just going to come up. And so uh, as you build this relationship, as you're spending time with him, you, you keep kind of coming back that, hey, remember last time we talked, you said this was going on in your life. How, how are things going there? Can you tell me a little bit more? See, when I look at Jesus, I, I think Jesus, one of your greatest gifts, I mean, Jesus had millions of great gifts, but I think one of the greatest gifts was his ability to ask questions. But not just to ask those questions, but to listen. And one of our greatest gifts to bless the lives of other people is to be able to ask questions and to listen ourselves. And so these are some things that we can focus on as we're doing that. Let's go back to our story here. Look at verse 41. It says, Lord, he said, this is the blind man, I want to see. When we first meet this guy, he yells a couple times about mercy. But then here he gives an answer with this physical request he, I've been blind. I, I just want to see. Verse 42. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see. And he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. Jesus answers his request. And there's two outcomes we see here of Jesus listening to this request. One, the guy is able to see. The blind man can see. But he also praises God. Then the other thing that we see here is that the people around who see this happening, they end up praising God too. Now, why does this happen? One, we've got Jesus, and Jesus can do these sort of things. But Jesus answers his question, and he answers it because he's listening to the blind man. And because he hears and listens to what this blind man says, the people end up praising God. I think for us, this should be a reminder that listening means that we might need to take actions. Now, let me go back to what I said a little bit earlier. The reason that we want to bless people, we want to listen to them, is not so we can fix them, okay? That is not our point here. Our goal is to listen to them, to bless them through listening. However, there will come these moments, these opportunities that we can actually act on what we have heard. How does this kind of play out? What do these actions look like? Well, again, asking good questions, listening to what they say. Here, me kind of give you a couple of thoughts here. One of the great things you can do when you're listening that is action-oriented but also will help you get to a place where you may be able to act to help them is that you repeat what they shared. Let's talk about clarity here. Again, going back to counseling sessions, uh, let me just stop for a second. My wife and I, um, one, here at The Journey, we believe in counseling. It is a huge uh, part of who we are. We've got a unique relationship with a, a local group here, Safe Harbor Counseling. And we are always trying to put people into counseling because I'm, as a pastor, not trained to be a counselor. I, I can listen, but you need professionals many times to help us take those steps. And, and this is important to this church, and part of that is because it's important to me. Um, my wife, Kara, and I, we have gone through counseling uh, quite a few times to, to deal with past stuff that's been there. And, and every once in a while, you know, you get those tensions in your marriage, like, okay, let's bring somebody else in to kind of walk us through this. A lot of our counseling that we do now is every couple of years, we kind of go in through a, for a marriage checkup to make sure everything's okay. And the, if there's anything there we need to deal with, we can do that. 
But I can tell you after many counseling sessions that we've been through, uh, one of the things that I've learned through it and was reminded of as I worked on this message this week is when it comes to responding to her, that it's very important that I repeat what she told me. And there's a phrase that in the counseling world they'll tell you to, to use. It's what I heard you say was. What I heard you say was. This is great for the work world too, by the way. Hey, what I heard you say was, and you repeat back what they, they shared. Here's what that tells somebody. You're not just hearing them. Again, you're not just trying to fix the situation. You're not trying to come up with your three easy steps to a better life. Here's what you're doing. You're actually listening to me. And it shows that you love them. And so you start by repeating what they shared. The second thing you would do is you would affirm their words. You would affirm, even if you don't agree, but you affirm their words, their emotions, their feelings, their reactions, their thoughts, and you re repeat those back to them. Again, you repeat them, you affirm what they said. The third thing, disclose your thoughts. Uh, as you spend more and more time with somebody, they're going to actually invite you into their world. And, and you're not trying to fix them. You're, you're trying to say, hey, over time, we've talked through this. And they're going to say, you know what, what do you think? And it's going to give you an, a, a moment to be able to share your views. Uh, it's going to be able to share your thoughts. It's also going to give you a chance to, ch to share any challenges you may have. Because sometimes when we're listening and we build these relationships, one of the ways we bless other people isn't by agreeing with everything they do. It's by challenging them in these steps that maybe they're thinking through. We ask these questions. We listen to what they say. We affirm their words. We repeat them. And at some time, we get to share back with them some of our thoughts, too. Which then takes us to the last thing, that we take actions as needed. If we really want to bless someone's life, it is getting to this place where actions are taken. Again, we're not trying to fix them. We're trying to help them. Well, what could these actions be? I mean, they, there's a whole gamut here and a pendulum that, that we could pull from all over the place. Maybe they just need some support right now through those hurts they're going through. Maybe they need help or, or comfort. Maybe they do need a counselor. And maybe you're able to say, hey, let me help you find a person to help you walk through this because this is a lot deeper than anything I can help you with. It might be a shoulder to cry on. It, it could be they just need your time. They need 30 minutes an hour every few weeks. Maybe they need a babysitter. Maybe they do need you to fix their clogged toilets. Who knows? See, there are these things in people's life that, that we have these opportunities to bless them, but too often we don't know about those opportunities and we, we don't know how to bless people because we never listen. Oh, and by the way, one of the biggest things we could do, probably one of the biggest actions that could take place, take place is we could say, hey, can I pray for you? But the percentages of people that you could walk up to having a tough time, Christian or not, uh, who say that they would love for you to pray for them if you ask them to, it's like in the 90 percentile. I don't have that number with me right now. But it's like 99.5% of the people say, sure, I would love that. And maybe your way of blessing them, your action that you're taking, is praying for them. You know, we're not there to fix them. We're there to listen. And when we listen over time, as we build this relationship, we're going to be invited into their world. And it's going to give us these, give us these, these moments where we will be able to act in their lives and to fully bless who they are. Again, if you go back and you look at the life of Jesus, 
He is always blessing people. And so much of his blessings come from starting out with listening. That Jesus is just listening over and over. He's asking these questions. He's listening to what they're saying. And through that, he's really able to fully bless them. But why is that important to us? I I want you to think, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past couple of weeks. I want you to think about the last last few conversations you've had with someone else. And, And as you think back and you recall those conversations, how many of those conversations were really focused on them? And then how many of those conversations were actually you trying to figure out, hey, how can I thrust my life into whatever's going on in their life right now? Because I, I, like I said, I think it was last week, uh, too often when it comes to other people and relationships, we're just thinking about me. Like, like this is all about me. I want to share about me. I want to tell you about me. And, and so we're in this moment with somebody and you're like, hey, I want to bless this person. And we're praying about it. And then we get in the conversation and we start talking and they start sharing. And there's that moment we jump in and we're like, hey, let me share with you what's going on in my life. And we totally change the subject. Can you imagine Jesus being in a conversation with somebody? And in the midst of the conversation, he's kind of like this. He's like, oh, oh, man, I'm sorry that's happening in your life. Hey, let me tell you about something really cool that I did, okay? Like, it was kind of crazy. There was a big crowd of people, a bunch of people there, and I had a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And I was like, I'm just going to pray it over, and poof, everybody had all the food they wanted. I fed 5,000 people. Can, can you believe that? Can you beat that? I mean, let me tell Did Jesus ever do that? No. Jesus knew that he needed to put his life aside so that he could listen to other people and so that in the end, he could bless them. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, do you know what you're called to do? You're called to bless other people. And you know what else you're called to do? You're called to live a life like Jesus, which means we put our lives aside. Yeah, we may have something happening in our life, but you know what? Your job is you're praying for this person you're going to bless. Your job is to bless them. And maybe over time it gets to a place where it's reciprocal and they start to bless you too. But in that moment, you are there to bless them through listening to them. As you think about the relationships you have and the people you feel like God has called you to bless, as you're praying about them, here's the deal. Are you listening? Are you listening? Or are we more like the crowd? Where we hear the blind man, but we're not actually listening to what he has to say. Because there are people in your life right now who are far from Jesus. There are people in your life right now who are full of hurts. There are people in your life right now who are lonely, who are depressed, who are struggling. And you know what you can do to bless them more than anything else? You can begin to listen. And when you listen, they feel known. And when they feel known, they feel loved. And when they feel loved, they feel blessed. My prayer for us this week as we continue to work to bless other people is that we will be a people who listen.